I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you are listening to the Power of Audio, Science, and AI. My guest today is my dear friend and research colleague, Sven-Olof Darnfeld. We connected for the first time when I randomly called him for advice in 2015, and surprisingly, we started working together when I started a soundtrack brand the same year. Svenulov grew up in Kiruna, one of the coldest spots in the north of Sweden. He trained powerlifting and calls himself Sweden's strongest professor in the world. I say he's Sweden's coolest professor listening to hard rock and country music. Svenolov has a PhD in economics from Umeå University and is today a professor of economics at Dalarna University in Sweden. During the day, he's the head of research at Handels Forskningsinstitute, and under his belt, he has over 20 years analyzed the retail industry as some of his other research areas are entrepreneurship, business development, structure change, and taxation. In his day-to-day -day work, Svenolov collaborates closely with different companies to get unique access to consumer data and to investigate questions that are both important for both an academic and a business perspective. In collaboration with Soundtracker Brand, he and I conducted the biggest field experience of its kind. Svenolov has written more than 100 papers, of which over 40 are published in peer-reviewed scientific journals. Today, Sven Olaf and I are going to discuss the ins and outs of the effect of brand fit in-store music on sales and on customer store staff satisfaction. With that, Sven Olaf, I welcome you and thank you so much for joining us. It's always great to see you and talk to you. Uh, great to see you also. Yes, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm delighted to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. How are you doing? Well, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, even though this this pandemic, I'm doing a lot of research and job and a lot of interesting and fascinating projects going on. So I, I would say I'm good. I'm glad to hear. So let's start. I have myself, always since I was a young girl, been very interested in science and testing hypotheses in the real world. I've always called myself a mix of curious George and Curio Gerlus. As we say it in Swedish. Yes. So now I'm interested to understand what was it in your inner motivational drive as a boy that drew your attention to research and becoming a professor? Oh my God. Uh, well, uh, that's an interesting question. I, I don't know. Fr frankly, uh, I don't even thought about being a professor when I was a boy. <laughs> my, I wanted to be like Diego Armando Maradona or football or something. No, no, I think it, it maybe grew. I, I was always interested in reading, uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, we discussed a lot of politics at our, uh, at our house. Um, so I was very interested in politics. And for a long time, I was interested in maybe doing more a career in political science. Uh, but then I read a book by the former finance minister of, of Sweden, Kjell Olofelt. It's called Alla Dessa Dagar. Uh, and when I read that book, I realized how interrelated politics was with economics. And I started being very fascinated about economics and starting to study it at Umeå University. And it, it just continued. I, I never had a plan to be a professor, for sure. but. Uh, I was interesting. It's still, I, I still think that I have the best job in the world. <laughs> well, you have, however, the. And I'm also listening to hard rock music still. I have my Ramones t shirt <laughs> just for you. <laughs> but, but the thing is also the stereotype of a typical professor is yeah. introvert and dull. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Right, the person that has a messy office with piles of books. Well, you have lots of books behind you, which looks very beautiful. And then in their office, they have cigarette smoke clouds. And majority are not really interested in bridging the gap between business and academia. Um, well, you, on the other hand, have proven me the opposite because at Soundtrack Your Brand, we call you the coolest hard rock professor ever. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> That's how we presented you whenever we spoke about our research. So when and what is your earliest memory of music? And what is it about music that is so fascinating to conduct research on? 
Oh, well, now I will probably shock you, but uh, when, when I, I, my first uh, memory of music, I would say, was um, listening to uh, or watching a movie, uh, Help, uh, with the Beatles. Uh, oh. That was actually the first record that I bought. Uh, and as a young kid at that time, I probably a lot of young kids at that time you know, was listening to like Elvis Presley and stuff like that. But I, I started to be fascinated about music in the high school. Uh, and then it was not rock music, it was actually synth music. Uh, so I looked like Howard Jones. <laughs> you, can't, you can't believe that now. But oh, you used to have long hair. Yeah, yeah, I had like blonde, you know, hair with a lot of, so <laughs> that's, that's a secret. But <laughs> I was listening to like Depeche Mod, Ultravox, um, Yesu was one of my favorite bands. So yeah, but then after a couple of years, I started listening more and more to rock music and got into that. And nowadays I'm actually listening to a lot of different kinds of music. When I'm doing research, I'm listening a lot to rock music. Uh, when I was walking and, or training, I listen to rock music. But for instance, when I'm preparing dinner, uh, I, I often listen to yes music. Uh, and when I'm at my summer house in Helsingland, uh, I prefer to listen to more uh, country music or American folk music. And I think that's actually also what's fascinating about music is that uh, it's so diverse and it's very context dependent. So some kind of music actually just fits when you're doing some stuff and, and when, when you're doing cooking or preparing a, a dinner on a Friday evening, you, you really don't want to listen to Rise Against or Disturbed, <laughs> but <laughs> more, maybe more like listen to Billie Holiday or something else. Yeah, and, and what is it? What, what happens inside of you, like in your body, when you're listening to hard rock music? Oh well, it, it gives me energy. I would say probably. I think that's the the best thing with hard rock music that it gives you energy and it's very very good music. But for me, it's when I'm doing research. Maybe it's odd, but for me, it's it gives me energy. And um, when I'm writing articles and writing papers, it, I get into this kind of flow listening yeah. to, to rock music. So. I know that other people maybe prefer classical music or whatever, but, but for me, uh, uh, rock music, uh, heavy metal is, 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 the, is the stuff that I'm doing research to. Well, this is so fascinating. This is why music is so fascinating because I don't at all like hard rock music, right? No, so it's no. really interesting. Like I, I, I'm gonna talk to a girl that works with neuroscience later on, but really try to understand what it is about how come you get that energetic and I get the opposite? That's the yeah, like yeah, yeah. The fascinating thing about music. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's also, it's, I mean, music is very individual and we will probably talk about that, how it's influenced customers and staff um, and how you really have to think carefully about uh, the music that you play in if you own a store or a restaurant or a shopping mall because it's, um, it's very dependent on who your customer are. So, so you and I, um, we got in contact the first time when I randomly uh, found your number online and called you when I was at university and needed quick advice around the Latin square design uh, for my research. Yeah. Um, after that, surprisingly, we start working together when I started Subject Brand, a small world in Stockholm, I would say. Yeah, it is, yeah. By then, you had already written the research over your report, The Influence of Music and Consumer Behavior for Soundtrack Your Brand. So, do you remember our call and how did your relationship with the Soundtrack Your Brand start? Yeah, yeah, yeah I very much remember our call. It was fascinating. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, no, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I did. I, I actually started to write. Uh, uh, do stuff with Soundtrack Beyond because um, I was interviewed by one of the leading Swedish magazines, uh, Dagens Nyheter, uh, about um, uh, music or Christmas music during the Christmas mm. holidays in, in retail stores. And that's the classical. That I, I, I have to talk every <laughs> Christmas season. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but uh, it, it, so I. I I talked about because I was very into this field of sensory marketing. I thought it was a fascinating field uh, and you could do a lot of interesting research and I had read about it. So I talked to this uh, newspaper about uh, the research on the influence of music in stores uh, 
And uh, Ola Sarso, the CEO of Suntracker Brand, he called me up and said, uh, well, this was so fascinating, we need to talk. And we had a meeting and we kind of connected immediately. And then he said to me that I would like you to write this kind of summary of the of the research. But what do we know about the background music and how it influenced customers? And what do we don't we know? And what do what do we need to do more research on? So that, that's actually the basis of that report. I actually uh, found a copy here, so I have one. It's in, it's in Swedish, unfortunately, but... Uh, well, I have uh, actually translated to English online. Soundtrack your brand, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good on you, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so no, it, it's, it, it was a nice report, and actually all the research we have done afterwards is in some kind based on, mm. on that kind of literature overview. That, mm. that I made for, for Soundtracker Brand. Mm. And what are the key findings uh, from that report? Uh, well, I, I would say that one is that um, music matters. Uh, I mean, and it can matter a lot. Uh, that's one finding I would say. Uh, uh, I'm also a bit critical to, to the studies that I <laughs> overviewed in that report because many of them, I thought they had a very, very poor research design. Mm. Mm, you were not really sure if they actually measured the effect of music or if they measured something else. Uh, I think many of them have what we call omitted variable bias. Uh, and uh, there is probably a strong, uh, I, I sense that there's a strong publication bias also in the case that unfortunately in science, uh, you really have a big trouble publish papers that find non-significant results. Mm. Uh, and uh, I expect here that there are many, many studies out there that have tested music in different store environments or in restaurants or whatever. I haven't found anything, but mm. they're not published. Mm. Uh, so it's a bit also, I would say, a bit, uh, be a bit cautious when you read the, the, the science because they mostly, present uh, positive and significant results of in-store music. And I would say it's not that easy. It's in-store music is very context dependent and it works in some cases, in other cases it doesn't work. And uh, so I think you can get the wrong impression by reading a lot of the studies that are out there. And that was one of the things that I, that I actually discussed in the paper. I think I had one in a chapter called the devils are in the devil, uh, the devil is in the details or something like that, where I, where I discussed this quite a lot. Well, I think uh, you're right, because what is important uh, is that you understand how was the music picked. Because majority of the time, what I feel when I read those researches is that they randomly take rock <laughs> and then they take love music in, in, a, in a flower shop. Yeah. I mean, it can't be that obvious either. You'd really have to think about the branding. That's why my uh, university thesis was almost, you could say, the first one that really looked into like brand fit uh, kind yeah. of music. And, and also look at the design, as you say, because a lot of them are using one store. Yeah, during one week or maybe two <laughs> weeks. So, yeah. Yeah, I actually have found some, I think some of the papers that I write about in that, in that, uh, summary they were actually conducted like in one store during two weeks and then you have the experiment period when you're playing the music uh, during the last week and that was the week also closest to salaries and closer to christmas you know so maybe everything is driven by by that and uh, not by the music and they yeah. find huge impact of, of the music also so the, the the large estimates also made me a bit suspicious that this can't be right. And I also know that you also written this in the report that you are fascinated by how Starbucks early start working with music branding in their coffee shops. Yeah, yeah. So explain for us uh, their successful music strategy and what did they do right and what can other brands learn from it? Oh yeah, Starbucks was, uh, I would say that Starbucks was very early on uh, with, uh, with uh, realizing how important music can be for your business. Uh, and um, 
it started, I read a lot about Starbucks. I can talk about this for half an hour. I won't, but <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. No, but uh, their famous CEO, Howard Schultz, he actually, when he started his first coffee shops, uh, at that time, not even called Starbucks, uh, some Italian name, I don't even remember. Uh, he was very, very much inspired by like espresso bars in, in Italy, in Milano and, and like that. So, uh, and, the, and the American customers really didn't like that. They didn't really like espresso that much. They love latte and stuff. <laughs> so stuff like that but what they really hated in his in his early coffee shop was the music so he played opera italian opera and they hated it uh, and he realized after a while that he couldn't continue playing italian opera so he started to play more classic music um, which was better but not maybe perfect uh, but then uh, when he expanded his business and had meant more and more coffee shops he had one of his uh, store managers, he's called, his name is Timothy Robbins. He had this background in the music industry and he started to kind of do his own experiments in his store, in his uh, coffee shop. Uh, and he, he really didn't like this classical music. It was like a tape, you know, it went on for one hour and then continued the same music over and over. You can still hear that today. Uh, it's frustrating <laughs> for the employees. Uh, it actually kills the mood of the, of the staff. Uh, so it's not good at all. But but what he what he did was that he's starting to experiment and uh, playing a lot of um, more like jazz music. So he played a lot of, uh, for instance, Ella Fitzgerald or, or Billie Holiday. Um, and people, he, he realized that the, uh, the customers were starting coming up to the counter and asking, what kind of music are you playing? They stayed for a much longer time in, the, in his coffee shop. And of course, when they stayed longer, they had, they, had, they had more coffee and more desserts and more snacks and everything. So, so his revenues, they just increased. Uh, and the headquarter, they realized that he's doing something right, this, this guy. <laughs> uh, and they started to implement his music strategy around uh, all their coffee shops. And they also started to experiment with not just playing like Ed Fitzgerald or Bill Holiday by playing like um, similar music that was less popular, that was less well-known. So for instance, to play like Madeleine Poirot or someone else that was not even known at that time, uh, that much in the US at least. Uh, and uh, it, it was just a success story. Uh, and music has, I think since then, been an important part of their business. Yeah. And, and what about the, the other brands of learnings? I, I would probably say, I hear you say it all the time, experiment, experiment. Uh, that's very important. You need to, you need to experiment. You need to, if you have a store or a restaurant or whatever, you can actually conduct your own exper experiments. So you just try to, to if, if you have some music that you really think that this is the music that I want to play, um, maybe have two different kind of playlists, different tempo, whatever you want to try. You can actually randomize and, and, and try to play it on different times during the day or whatever, and then just collect the data and see what happens uh, and see if you, you have something there. And you, you probably will see that, yeah, uh, music can influence the business, but you have to experiment because it's hard to tell uh, what works and what won't work. Uh, yeah, and, it's, and it's also very context dependent, depending on what kind of business you have. And for me, this is very close to when I used to do events and when you're in clubs, right? Yeah. And then in different areas, let's say in Stockholm or London, you have the South, the West, the East. And, you know, people choose clubs based on the kind of music is playing. So they've created a brand around, okay, I want to be in the South or I want to be the West. And then they, they bring in DJs and then, you know, it's, it's, it's testing all the time until they find that, you know, what works, what makes people like want to come in. Yeah, and it could be also the case that if you have a chain, for instance, and you have multiple locations in a, in a big city like New York or whatever, uh, maybe you should actually play different kind of music at different locations mm. because there are okay. different customers located close to that so you have this um, uh, space that you have to consider and I, I don't know any studies that have actually investigated that but that's also a thrilling uh, thought that uh, if you're in Stockholm you can have different soundtrack based on if you're at Söder for instance or even mm. uh, in the middle of Stockholm at uh, Stureplan so uh, yeah 
Yeah. And, and you and me, we've been very lucky because we've got the chance to actually uh, do these kind of experiments in stores. Uh, we have conducted three groundbreaking and unique in-store music research studies in the world. So let us start with the world-leading fast food chain study, which is the biggest field study in, of its kind, because we had 16 stores, 2 million transactions, 2,000 plus customer interviews, 150 staff interviews during a period of five months in Stockholm. <laughs> Yeah, so walk yeah. us through our research process and the advantage of a large-scale field experiments. The advantage is, of course, that what we want, I think this is my background in economics, you, you really want to, uh, you want to capture the causal effect. So most of the studies that are published today, they are very, very small. So typically these research that cooperate with one store, maybe two store. Uh, looking at their sales data and doing interviews for one or two weeks or something like that. And as I said previously, the problem then is that you really don't know if it's the causal effect of music that you are capturing with this study. So what, what I wanted to do uh, when I started talking with Soundtrack for Your Brand is that I realized, well, you have this platform. I mean, you have, they can actually control the music from the headquarter. And if you have a chains, in this case, this fast food chain, you could randomize which playlists are playing and when they are playing in the different locations. And then you can have some control, uh, in a control group of stores also. And in that way, uh, the, what you can say, the intervention, the music that you play is just random. It's not related to some underlying background variable that can influence the results. Uh, and if you collect them data for a long time, uh, you can actually then capture, we argue that we could capture the causal effect of music, or maybe you could say we capture the value of music mm. in this uh, restaurant. So this is the huge, I would say, digitalization uh, has brought this to us so that we can actually conduct very, very fascinating experiments in, uh, in, in retail stores or in restaurants or, or, or even shopping malls uh, by using this kind of research design. Yeah, I'm, I'm so blessed that I got this chance to reach to this you know, digitalization uh, age. Um, now tell our audience what our results showed, and were you surprised over our findings? The results are very fascinating. I can tell also from start to just set up the audience what we tested. We had actually four different playlists. We had one playlist that wasn't a playlist at all. It was no music. <laughs> so some, some store owners didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, they contacted us. I'm like, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. put the music back. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, so the store owners, they think that music works anyway. <laughs> but they didn't like the no music, uh, but we had that condition uh, to test that. And then we had what we called uh, a no brand fit playlist. And that was actually, I would say, radio music, the most popular songs in Sweden at that time. No brand fit, uh, nothing. We just had excluded some... Uh, 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 songs with explicit lyrics and stuff like that but otherwise it was just uh, the most popular songs like turning on the radio I would say mm -hmm. uh, and then we had a playlist that was also uh, just popular songs but where people at Soundtracker brand had had actually selected which songs that uh, fitted with the brand values of that company um, so it, it was kind of uh, selected to, to, to fit the brand values then. Uh, and then we had uh, the last playlist was also brand fit, but here we included mostly songs that were not that familiar. Mm -hmm. So probably customers haven't never heard that song before, before entering this uh, restaurant. Uh, and what we found is that this last playlist, when we had this brand fit playlist with uh, less popular song, less familiar songs, it actually increased sales by 9% compared to a playlist when we played this radio music, no brand fit music, showing that uh, uh, instrument music can have a huge impact on, on, on sales. Um, and remember that this was in a fast food chain. So I was a bit skeptical that we were going to do this 
big experiment in fast food chain because if you go into a fast food chain you often have decided already what you want to buy mm. uh, and you sit there for a short time and you want you go out uh, <laughs> right yeah uh, but here we found that when you had actually this brand fit playlist with less popular music people actually stayed for a longer time and they what the, the, what increased most in sales was actually desserts and coffee and it wasn't sorry but it wasn't even summer i i love to no, say that no, to no, people no. it was winter it was from no. january until like what what may no april yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that also, since we have this randomized control experiments, it doesn't matter the time, you know, because yeah. we had everything was uh, uh, randomized. So, I mean, some stores played a different kind of playlist during the summer and other played. So it was mixed off any, totally randomly. So we hadn't selected which playlist was going to play at the different stores. Yeah. So randomization is a key here to find the causal effect. Uh, but yeah, so it was a huge impact. And what also was interesting that we interviewed the customers when they were going out from the, when they went out from the stores. And um, it was also uh, apparent that they, they didn't actually, it, the music affected them in a, some kind of subconscious way, I would say. Mm. They, they didn't realize. So for instance, we had this question at the end of the questionnaire that did you notice the music that was played in the restaurant and 41% said that yeah we noticed the music when we had no music <laughs> at all <laughs> which is is so hilarious yeah so people really really don't know they don't they don't really know and another thing that was interesting because a lot of this research focus on uh, what you can say emotions they mean that music is emotionally driven uh, and uh, that is why then affects sales so we feel better we are happier and more satisfied and then we buy more but what's interesting here is actually that the playlist that uh, the customers said they was most happy with was when we played popular music you know uh, but when they shopped when they when they bought most stuff and when the sales increased most was when we played less popular music mm -hmm. and then they were less satisfied. So here's also the case that maybe we should focus less on what people actually think they respond to and more how they actually respond. Um, so here is the case that's and, and I think we have kind of developed, I think that's maybe one of the most interesting uh, findings in this piece of research is that the, the inclusion of non-familiar music because what it seemed to indicate is that if you play to familiar music and popular music, even if it's brand fit, uh, it can actually distract the consumers. Because you, you know that song, you have heard it on the radio, you know it, you have some experience, you may be fed up with it. You maybe have some bad experience with it. You maybe broke up with your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, I don't know. Uh, and, but you realize that song when you, and then you kind of go off consumer mode, you know. But if you have music that kind of, it, it fits the environment, it fits the brand, but it's, it's, you don't know it. It's like just in the background. So it affects you in a subconscious way. You don't think about it. And it's just, it, it, I, and I believe that that's probably the best way of using music in the store, implying then that maybe uh, store owners, restaurant owners should try to play more, music that are less familiar you know uh, not playing this top thousand songs or whatever because that that can actually have a negative effect on sales and we also saw that that we had some indication it's not statistically significant but it was actually the case that the the playlist that was worse to play was 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 when you played just radio music mm. that was no brand fit mm. uh, that actually decreased sales more when you compare to no music. So it was better to play no music at all than to play the, the, the most popular radio songs. Um, so I, uh, so if, you, if you don't have a clue what kind of music you want to play, then you shouldn't probably not play any music at all in your store. So for audiences that don't know, what does it mean that it's significant result? Yeah, all right. Yeah. A significant result is something where I can say that, well, the impact of playing this music on sales, for instance, in the case is, is uh, uh, when it's statistically significant, I can say that it had a positive effect on sales. Uh, 
uh, for certain. So with the 95% probability, I can say that the effect is positive. So if you play this playlist, you will increase sales. Uh, but if it's not statistical, I cannot really rule out that the effect is zero. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, so that, that's, that's the case. Uh, uh, and that's what we use. So we're using uh, quite advanced, not very advanced, but quite advanced method to, to try to capture that causal effect doing this huge randomized field experiments. And then we also do what something maybe that we, that we call placebo testing. I don't know if we were going to talk about that also maybe. Yeah, tell us, tell us. Yeah, yeah. so placebo test is like in a medical experiment, you know, you give the sugar pills and you get real uh, medicine. Uh, we do the same here also, just to, to make sure that our, we have actually captured the effect of playing this kind of music uh, on sales. We kind of uh, make a fake experiments <laughs> and, and collect data the year before the exactly same period, but then we haven't done an experiment, of course, and then we just, but we just kind of um, uh, make a thought experiment that we have the same experiment during that time when we didn't have an experiment. And uh, then we expect that we shouldn't find any result. If the experiment is, very, uh, is well designed, we shouldn't find any results from the experiment when we didn't do an experiment. So that's a placebo test. And we did that and we also, and, and that, that was also the resource that we found. We had no effect when we did this placebo test. So when giving sugar pills, we had no effect, which is what, what we should expect to find. So this is also a clear indication that we have actually captured the effect of, of backward music in this restaurant chain. So the result of it would be that again, do experiments, and also think about that popular music might not always be good, as you said. I think that the, we have to think psychology behind it. Yeah. Uh, I, I always compare it with try try to read a book and listen to a song with lyrics, <laughs> right? It's all about the distraction. And in this case, I would say from my analyzed perspective is that when the popular M mixed with the non-popular but ramp with music was playing, maybe it is because that, okay, people recognize one or two songs and then they go into this like bubble of nice music that makes, that fits the atmosphere. They like being there, but they don't recognize it. So they become, go into like a bubble. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, psychology is very, very um, interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think I think also that's the what soundtrack your brand, the reason why they're mixing popular and less familiar songs in their playlists. But um, actually, I would say that we really don't know. Uh, mm. Maybe it's better to just have songs that are not familiar. No one yeah. has tested that. As far as I know, we have no test of uh, what are the effects if you are using brand fit, but you know, vary the familiarity. Uh, yeah. And uh, maybe it's the case that you shouldn't even have any popular song. But it's, it's an interesting question, I think, uh, because previously, of course, it has been impossible to uh, test what are the effect of playing familiar songs contra unfamiliar songs. But now with all the streaming services and mm. Spotify, you can actually control for how popular a song is by looking at how many streams they have. So now it's actually possible to, to look at the familiarity aspect of the music, which is very, very interesting. And yeah. I think that this is, if, if you go back to some, uh, Hubert Schulz and, and Starbucks, remember that what they started to experiment with was actually to play less known bands mm -hmm. in their coffee shops yeah. uh, and, and uh, claimed that that had a very huge uh, impact on their, on their results. Uh, I think Howard Schulz some said have, have this uh, quote that I love that yes <laughs> and Java it seemed were, were, were a perfect fit or a natural fit or something like that. So uh, it's cool. But, but the thing is, is also uh, the, the challenge with doing a, a field experiment is that in a store, there's so many elements and events going on at once in a store. So how did we succeed to capture the effect of music, which is not that very easy? That's why you use randomization. That, that's the, 
fantastic tool by being able to randomize the music that is played across different stores at different time. Uh, because then you know that when you randomize something, uh, it will be randomly you know, uh, distributed across all locations and during time. So it's not um, related to, for instance, uh, uh, day of the week or weekends or holidays, or because if you randomize it, uh, you expect it to be just random, you know. Now, no other background variables, no omitted variable will influence the results. So that's the power of doing randomization. Then let us now move on to my favorite research study. Uh, and oh, it was it in, <laughs> <laughs> well, they all are, but this one was in collaboration with HESPEMS. Yeah. And we got the chance to collect staff and customer interviews directly in their five showrooms in New York, which is a dream come true for me. <laughs> yeah, that's why you love that study because you were able, you could go to New York and stay yes. there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, as a researcher, it's also important to understand that it's, it's, it's great to be in the store and talking to the people and, and seeing what's happening in the store. Um, and for the audience that doesn't know, Hestens is an exclusive retail brand that sells premium beds and premium bed accessories. And our result uh, truly showed that music has a huge impact on the staff's overall well-being and customers perceive the brand less expensive when the no brand fit uh, soundtrack was playing compared when the brand fit music soundtrack was playing. However, we did not get any significant results in the sales. So what are your analyses around this one? Yeah, this was a difficult experiment, I think. Uh, but I think the most, maybe what I, the most memorized, or what I think is most fascinating with that story is actually interviews that we did with the staff, the employees. Uh, because what I realized uh, uh, when I looked at those interviews is that how much music meant for their daily life. <laughs> I mean, uh, they didn't have many customers. As you said, it's a very, very, they sell very exclusive beds. So there are few customers per day. So they really, really uh, get into the music. I mean, the music is very, very important for them uh, during the day and how, how they feel. Um, and, and that was very, very, uh, yeah. So for me, and that's not also think about what we have done in other research that you you, you need to think, most, almost all studies in this area is focused on the con consumers. So how, how do the consumers react? How do they feel? How do they behave when you play different kind of music? And there are surprisingly few studies on the staff and on the personnel. Uh, and here you can say, you can see it had a huge impact on the staff. However, uh, not so much on their customers. Uh, and you can, uh, why? Uh, I think it's maybe because of the context. Uh, uh, maybe because they're, just, they're selling very, very exclusive beds. I would say it's not like going to a typical retail store. It's more like going into a, a car dealer and buying a new car or something. That, that, it's that kind of expensive sometimes. So. Uh, that, that also means that you are there for a long time. Uh, maybe you're influenced by other things more than the music that is played in the store. So that's my take on that. And, and, and probably why we didn't really find any significant results on a different playlists. Another possible uh, is that we got it wrong. I mean, that happens too. I mean, we, we didn't play the playlist that was perfect for that store. Maybe. Uh, our playlist wasn't uh, wasn't perfect. I don't know. It, it, it's still you. You. I think as a researcher, you always always have to have uh, that kind of perspective. And maybe we didn't get it right that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, even if it was fun to be in New York, New York for a while, uh, it was also very <laughs> challenging to do research from Stockholm. And the experiment was taking place in New York. Because you can't control everything. That that's the no, challenge exactly. of doing a field experiment. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I I do remember that. And and I mean, the, the customers were staying uh, when they were staying. I mean, uh, between fifty minutes up to an hour, and yeah. 
I mean, from my perspective, I would say that when the customers came in and then directly met with the salesperson, because it's that kind of showroom, and then they would walk around for an entire hour, and there's a lot of conversation going on. And that is also something that people have to think about, that music suddenly becomes distracting. It becomes like a third person in the conversation. And when you're buying something that expensive, you want to be able to listen uh, to the salesperson. Yeah. On the other hand, when there was no customers, then the staff were doing a lot of monotone tasks. And that is also proven in our normal lives that when we're bored, you know, cleaning our house or something, maybe you like, as you say, you like to listen to your hard rock. <laughs> music that <laughs> pumps you gives you energy makes the time pass faster yeah. um and then i would probably say that in a showroom buying something i remember for university when we were studying that there's a difference between products where you can like buy it and if you get it wrong it's okay because it's so fast cheap anyway well if you're buying like a, a bed a car or an exclusive trip you're spending a lot of money so getting it wrong is not an option so maybe it's also like in this case yes could have been the music but could also be that uh, buying a bed is not a spontaneous uh purchase yeah that, that was actually my uh so it's not you have not this impulse buying in the same yeah. sense but yeah. yeah 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 and that's probably also why we don't find any effects here and that that shows also, and then I mean that's in line with previous research. It shows that the, the effect of background music in stores are, is very context dependent. It depends yeah. on what kind of store you have. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, it was probably about. We could see it. It mattered a lot for the employees for sure. Uh, that was interesting. I think it was one who said that there was some kind of playlist. She, she you know, or he said that what. Well, uh, yeah, when you, when you're playing this, it's like shoot me literally or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we actually have to sit with the staff and just smile. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then and, and talking about uh, staff, uh, just a few months ago, we got our research study, Effects of Employees, Opportunity to Influence Instrument Music on Sales, published in Journal Retailing and Consumer Services because this yeah, yeah. study was in a collaboration with the Swedish fashion uh, brand Philippa Co and it was done in Stockholm. And I actually thought by giving the store staff the opportunity to control the in-store music like a DJ, the result would turn out positive because the staff experienced everything happening in the store during the day. And I thought that they could easily adapt the music towards the customer flow. However, we were surprised, were we not? Yeah, we were very surprised. I also had this idea from the beginning that, uh, I mean, at, like I said before, a lot of the research is done on consumers and very little on how the employees are affected by the music in the store. And I had also had this idea if they are able to choose the music and control the music, it will make them more happy because we know that music is very, very important for a person's well-being. Um, and you identify yourself a lot with the music that you play. So I, I was sure that they will be happier and then they will be more happy towards the cus cons uh, customers and then that will increase sales. So you will have this kind of indirect effect. Uh, however, uh, we actually found the opposite. So when the <laughs> staff got the opportunity to control the music, uh, sales actually decreased by 6%, um, driven by decreasing in women's clothing primarily. It's very important to tell the audience that it's very context uh, driven. Like it, this experiment might have worked at another place or, or another brand. I mean, for Starbucks, it worked. So it's also what, what kind of place it is. Um, my analysis would be probably that the staff probably had um, a lot of other things to control that this could have become like a distraction. But here we got also the chance to do in-depth interviews. The interviews were key here to understand what was going on, because otherwise I think we've been very, very puzzled. But when we looked at the interviews, I think everything kind of uh, cleared. I mean, it, that, it clarified everything. Uh, and uh, you could tell that 
for instance, the preference, the music preference of the employees were really not in line with the, the music, <laughs> the, the kind of brand identity or what kind of music the, the Philippa Co wanted to play. Um, they had very diverse music preference also. So they liked very different kind of music. Uh, however, they liked to control the music in the store. Mm -hmm. They did. Uh, and they did it quite a lot. Uh, but he did it also in a kind of similar way. So you have this, especially for people where you think that music is very important. So when they had during the day, uh, probably to get energy and, and feel more positive, uh, they prefer to play the up-tempo music. Uh, I think it was one of the, uh, inter when we interviewed one of the employees, uh, she said something about that. Well, um, uh, I prefer to play the up-tempo music. Uh, sometimes I change the volume and the tempo, but never downwards, always upwards. Yeah. <laughs> it was always, you know, more more tempo. And I think it's for their perspective because they want to go uh, kind of survive through the day, what you say. They want to feel, have energy and everything. And then they, they, they turn up the, the volume, they turn up the tempo, uh, and, and it makes them, easier during the day, they're more happy doing their task. But the problem is that it's not optimal for the store and it's not optimal because this might actually prevent customers from entering the store. For instance, if you play very high up-tempo music in the morning when there are no people in the store, it might actually discourage people from entering the store. So, Who wants to go into a discotheque? <laughs> yeah, by yeah, or, uh, yeah, and we know also there are also a lot of studies that have found that if you play music with a lower tempo, you, people move slower through the store and then they can actually buy more and they spend more time in the store and then buy more. So mm -hmm. yeah, so I think that that was driving the effects here, but it's interesting. And it, it also uh, says something about that. Well, uh, if you own a chain, you should actually be very, very careful to letting your employees control the music in the store because it can actually have a negative effect on sales. And if you want them to control the music, I think you must think more carefully about to, to have, maybe even recruit people. If music is very important for your business, you might even want to recruit people that have the same kind of yeah. music identity as, as, as your brand, as your store. And you, you, you definitely will need to tell them about why you are playing that kind of music in your store and tell them what the idea is about the music that you have selected for the store. So, and, and um, yeah, so I think we got some important insights. And as you said, it's definitely the first uh, study that have, have done uh, anything like this. Um, yeah, and also we had a large number of stores. I think we had eight stores or something like that. And we followed them for almost a year or something like that. So we have a, we have a huge number of observation and we have also a control store and experiment stores which are randomly selected. So yeah, yeah it's, um, uh, it's, it's a nice experiment. It was, uh, it was good to get it published also. Yeah, yeah. well, it's also interesting because um, Everything else that comes from above, I always say this one with Philippa Co is that if I walk into the store and would go to the um, sales manager and say, I think this shirt is too expensive, they would say, well, maybe you're not our client, you can go you know, to the cheaper stores. Or if I would go in and say, I don't like this color, et cetera, et cetera, it's, it's, yeah. it's set, right? Yeah. Well, I know some of the interviews I did, uh, if, if the customers would maybe say it's too loud or it's too pumpy, they would actually go and change it yeah. because they felt it didn't fit the customers. So uh, that was one of it. And I think it's important for brands to understand that you need to be transparent. You need to understand what is the music's purpose in the store. Be transparent and teach your staff about it. And, and just as you say, recruit people. And if not, what I saw in, in a psychology way is that there's three kinds of people. Either there are extroverts, which like me, like they get really crazy when it's wrong and they want to fix it. Or there's the ones that are more like, okay, I accept it. And then the ones that just shut it down. And yeah, it's, it's, it's important to figure out what they want to do. For sure. And uh, yeah, and 
I think one, one thing that is also important maybe to add here is to say that uh, we actually don't know what influence that people bought less when they control the music. You know, we don't know if it's the tempo, we don't know if it's the volume, we don't know if yeah. they were skipping songs, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what we just can say that we have found an effect of them controlling the music versus not controlling the music. So, yeah. so that's maybe also something for doing more research on in the future. But I mean, you have to start somewhere. And, and I think this is a it's an important insight into the retail businesses. Should you let your uh, employees control the music or not? Um, yeah. Our, our research uh, seems to indicate now you should be very careful with that. Looking at our research journey, uh, what has been the most fun and what has been the most challenging? I, I think still that the first, the biggest study of its kind on, on background music, uh, when we looked at the, the fast food chain, uh, when we did this first study and we found the results, I think they were so fascinating. I mean, and we, we got mentioned everywhere, I think. Uh, uh, we were mentioned in um, in Fox News and in Cosmopolitan and in uh, uh, the Guardian and the Times and everywhere around the world. Yeah, because we I think we had Ed Sheeran as one of they, they wanted to know uh, what kind of music we had in the playlist that 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 worked. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think we said that well, Ed Sheeran was one of them. Um, uh, what is it called? Uh, Shape of You is it called? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The, the one song that was very popular at that time was in one of the playlists. Uh, and then they had this uh, title of their story was uh, that our research, uh, what we found out about that Ed Sheeran makes you fat <laughs> <laughs> because it makes you buy more, more hamburgers and <laughs> fries and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> so yeah, that was funny. Um, so yeah, Ed Sheeran makes you fat. And it, it, it was a fun experience. I mean, it was the first study of its kind. Uh, it's something special when you do it for the first time. And, and I think also the results were fascinating. It, it was a fascinating research journey, uh, doing the collaboration with Soundtrack Your Brand, with the fast food company uh, and all the media around it. It was crazy. So yeah, that was very, very fun. <laughs> Uh, the most challenging, I would say, is probably then Heston's when we did the experiment in New York. Uh, and probably just because uh, we were at, I mean, uh, I, I was in Stockholm and yeah. the experiment was conducted in New York uh, in another continent. And I mean, it's, it's hard. I, I, I probably underestimated all the difficulties that could arise when you're doing experiments on another continent. And, uh, uh, I think I learned a lot from it. I think we all learn a lot from it. And uh, hope, hopefully we, uh, if I, I have some ideas about doing uh, research in different locations in the future. And uh, yeah, hopefully I learned something from that experiment because that was challenging. The thing is that, that that's also something you have to realize when you're doing this kind of field experiments that you have to really think carefully before you're doing it because then it's kind of no no, no retreat, no surrender. I mean, um, when you have done the research you have, and it's so easy to get something wrong. It's so easy. Even if you think about it carefully, it's really, really easy to get some detail wrong and you can mess up all your research. Yeah. So based on our research findings, what would you say are your best practice on step for brands to strategically consider when implementing in-store music? Oh, the best one. Uh, I would say that first, based on our findings and on also on previous findings, is that music matters a lot for individuals. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of my favorite studies of all time is, is a psychology study by Renflo and Gosling. I think it was from 2006, uh, where they had people chatting with each other without knowing who they chatted with, and then they were just uh, they they just recorded their conversations, and they wanted to see what they talked about. And what they talked about most during the, they had six weeks experience, the first five weeks, they talked most about music. So that shows how important music is for individuals. We, we identify ourselves with the music that we are listening to. And we also actually kind of identify other individuals that we meet with the music that they are listening to. And if music is so important for individuals, it is also so important for store owners or restaurant owners. It can actually 
get you to connect with your customer if you do it properly. If you do it right, uh, it can have a huge effect on your business. Mm. So music often is the first thing they hear when you enter a store or a restaurant. Um, and I think from our research, I, mean, I think we found a lot of different stuff, but I think one of the key findings that I want to explore more in future studies is this distraction uh, hypothesis that um, maybe you should play more uh, music that is less well known uh, and try to avoid playing too familiar music uh, all the time. Uh, I think that we have something there, and uh, I think we we need more study about on 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 the effect of playing less familiar music. And uh, so I would say that um, don't play, don't just turn on the radio. <laughs> Try to select songs <laughs> that fits with your brand and your store environment. Um, also, vary the music. I mean, that's that's something that people do. I mean, they have some CD on or whatever, or some playlist with like 50 songs or something. That's too, I mean, you, you need to have 300 songs. You need to have a variation during the days, both for your employees and your customers. Uh, and uh, I would also argue that our research seemed to highlight it's important to, that it fits with your, the, your brand, it fits with your store, but also that you're not playing uh, too much of this popular music mm. because even if that fits with your brand uh, people will get distracted when they hear it uh, so and here you can think about christmas music for instance this is why people get so annoyed when they're out christmas shopping and they are listening to jingle bells or maria carey or something last christmas with bam for i mean yeah uh, yeah another time it, it, it's like uh, it's important here to have variation I and mean, it's really really important to think about music more carefully yeah and, and and then also like in terms of like what you and I are great at doing is bridging the academic world with the business world uh, our research though takes a long time um, so how can then brands how can you do this more commercialized how can brands measure it themselves and how important is it the measurement uh, aspect of of once you've chosen an uh, instrumental music soundtrack to follow it up. Yeah, it's very important. I mean, nowadays, like I told you, with all the streaming and digitalization uh, and a lot of different also uh, businesses that are actually creating playlists for stores. Um, you can actually do a lot of experimenting. I mean, uh, especially if you are a chain and you have multiple locations, because then you can do, you can uh, yourself implement this randomization. For instance, do you want to try three playlists? I might, well, try them uh, at your chains, but do it, uh, spread them out randomly uh, mm -hmm. during a year, collect the data and analyze the data. Let someone who knows statistics analyze the data and see well, do you have an effect here and why? And, and combine that also with interviews with the staff and with the customers to try to figure out what is going on here. Uh, it's actually not more complicated than that, but I mean, you probably need to, to invest in that you have to, you have to have someone that is creating your playlists that is a professional or an ex expert and you also need someone that is good in doing statistics and doing research design so that you can be sure that you have actually captured the effect of your music. But I mean, if you get it right, the rewards are there. I mean, for mm. our fast food chain company, I mean, uh, having a 9% increase in sales uh, is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, I mean, this, 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 it can matter a lot. It doesn't have to. I mean, you probably have different effects in different kind of stores mm. and restaurants, of course, but it can matter a lot. And it, it is probably also more important during these days when the pandemic and e-trade and everything. Yeah, and, and, and talking about the pandemic, it has caused a very negative effect for many stores. Yeah. What is your prediction of future of retail and the shopping looks like and how can music help during this period of time? Yeah, I, I think I think the retail industry will change dramatically after this pandemic. Uh, I think that uh, 
I mean, probably the industry that has been hurt the most uh, is like uh, restaurants and hotels, you know, um, the hospitality industry. Uh, and the music but, industry. Yeah, yeah. But all those industries, I think they will go back to the normal because mm. people want to go out and have, you know, uh, eat, they want to uh, travel, they want to experience music and events. So I think that they might even have a huge increase in revenues after this pandemic, because then, then everybody wants to go out and have fun. <laughs> but the retail industry is in kind of a, in a different situation, I would say, because now uh, a new, I mean, even the old people has started to learn how to use, uh, use the internet when doing shopping. Uh, so I think the, the consumer has changed their behavior a lot during this pandemic and it won't uh, turn back. So if you just go back like 15 years, maybe, I mean, if you went out to buy a jacket or a TV or whatever, you went to a few stores and you looked and looked at the best price maybe. And then after a while you, you choose one of them because you, you didn't want to search anymore. Uh, today, I mean, Everybody, uh, the young kids have done that for a long time, but now a lot of older people do that too, is that you just go to a price comparison site and they look up this jacket and then they get maybe 50 different price suggestions and you, you can order from all over the world the same jacket uh, or the same TV or whatever, and you can get it in your mail uh, with posts. So it's, it's like, it's, it's a totally changed uh, retail landscape, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this means that if you want to have a retail store, you need to have something else than just price, mm. product and price and place. You need, to, you need to focus more on the experience. You need to give something that the customers can't get from going on the internet buying stuff. Uh, you have to provide them something else than Amazon can provide you with. Mm. So, uh, and here music is one of the important ingredients because if you can um, kind of create this nice store environment uh, where people love to go to uh, and sit uh, and experience it, uh, it gives them something that they can't get on the internet. So music, I think, will be even more important for physical stores after this pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I always say gamification because gaming yeah. people love it. Like anything that is like entertaining kind of way. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. What are your thoughts about e-commerce and then music? Oh, well, <laughs> I haven't done so much about that. I think it's not really this. Okay, maybe here. I mean, you could probably do something with the sounds and everything. And probably I haven't thought so much about that, but. Still, I think that the main benefits of music is when you interact with other senses. Mm -hmm. So you're going into a store and the music is interacting, hopefully in a good way, <laughs> with uh, the smell, uh, with the visual uh, and everything. So it creates this landscape that you want to be in, uh, that draws you in and not pulls you out. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the concert effect in, in the stores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the last question. I'm very interested to learn about the fascinating music project you're involved in now regarding music and theft. It's just, uh, we're just starting with this project, so it's nothing done yet, but uh, it's a fascinating study. Uh, I mean, the problem in many retail stores is that they have a lot of problems with thefts. I mean, uh, it's a lot of money that goes wasted because people steal stuff. Uh, and then the idea that we have is that with sound or changing the kind of musical landscape in the store, uh, you could, uh, when people are going, for instance, if, if you want to buy an expensive jacket, like a shell jacket or something from an outdoor uh, store, um, uh, and uh, if you have a good intention, we will change the music or the sound in a way that you will not notice it. It will not affect you. It will not even notice that we changed the music and everything. But if you have less good intentions, you are thinking about stealing that jacket, uh, you will actually, the idea is that the, the change in the sound will actually influence you and we, you will realize that something happened. You will feel that you're observed 
and you will maybe refrain from stealing that object. Wow. And another, and another good idea here is that by doing this, we also, uh, the, the staff, the employees, they will st learn when the music changes and when the landscape, sound landscape changes. So they, oh, now if someone is on this expensive jacket, maybe I will go there and see if they won't help. So it might also uh, improve the service and increase sales. It can both reduce bets, but it can also increase sales by uh, providing the customers with better service. So. And you will then feel maybe less, you know, people really don't like cameras. So this is another way of, you know, monitoring the customers, but in a less, uh, what we call it, uh, it's not uh, loss of integrity as much. I mean, it's just a music change, there's no cameras or whatever. But, so that's but the idea. I will see yeah. if we, we haven't tested it yet. We have done some lab experiments uh, with different sounds and stuff like that, but we haven't. We haven't tested it yet in a real retail setting. So if someone is listening out there and <laughs> want to do a cool experiments, so just let me know. <laughs> Very interesting. Wow, I can't wait to hear the result. There's so many amazing things that yeah. that can be done, and we've only like scraped the, the surface. Yeah, yeah. It's been amazing talking to you about all of this. Uh, it's actually our first time and I absolutely love it. And I absolutely love with, working with you. And thank you very much for joining and, and sharing uh, our stories uh, with people. Okay, thank you. Thank you, yes, it's been, I, it's been a joy to be here. As always, I meet you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, that's all for today's episode of The Power of Audio, Science and AI. I'm Jasmine Moradi, your host, and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and support by sharing this content on your social media. This episode is supported by Stockholm Music City.